Thank you for listening to the Voices of UMass Chan, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Chan Medical School. Thank you for tuning in to the Voices of UMass Chan. I'm your host for the Student Spotlight Podcast, Kaylee Puglis, the video production specialist in the Office of Communications. We spoke with medical student Jen Marino, who was dropped off on a doorstep as a baby. Now she promotes reproductive rights and food insecurity. Jen, thanks so much for joining us. Can you start by introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so my name is Jennifer Marino. I am a rising third-year medical student here at UMass Chan. I am from Marlboro, Massachusetts, um, and I went to UMass Amherst for undergrad and graduated with an anthropology degree. What got you interested in a career in medicine? Um, I think that I was really just like always inspired about working with people, and I really didn't want to sit behind a desk for my whole career. Um, and as a child, I volunteered with my mom a lot at like a local soup kitchen, and that was one of like the few times that I really felt passionate about what I was doing and like I was making an impact. So just by combining my interests in the sciences and that really care for trying to help people, I really think that medicine was the perfect career for me. Awesome. Do you have any family or friends that work in medicine? Um, I actually do. My my uncle, um, who's my godfather, Robert Bonanno, who actually worked with Chancellor Collins, weirdly enough, when he was at St. Elizabeth's. Um, he's the only physician in my family that I'm close to. You think that maybe gave you a little bit of inspiration? Um, I think so. It was probably mostly just my mom being like, wow, my uncle would just always study constantly 24-7. And I was like, oh, I guess that's the lifestyle for me. So you went to UMass Amherst for undergrad. What was it about UMass Chan that made you decide you wanted to study medicine here? Yeah, um, I just knew that but UMass was like always my goal. It was like only 20 minutes from my house. It had always been a place that I had wanted to achieve going to, but I really knew that I wanted to go into primary care and with UMass Chan being one of the top 10% in primary care and my most affordable option, and also a school that really cares about social determinants of health and like having a mandatory course where students are dedicated to engaging with the community and volunteering in free health clinics. Like I knew that it was the school for me. Amazing. Can you fill us in on what you're up to right now? Absolutely. So I just took step one, uh, which is the first of a series of three board examinations to get your medical degree. Um, Scary exam, eight hours, finally over. Um, Shout out to all of my classmates who are doing it right now and trying to get through the struggle. But now I'm on a little vacation. So I get to go see family in Florida and then I'm going on a trip after. Is there an area you're hoping to focus on now and throughout your medical career? Um, I really think that family medicine is the goal for me, um, especially being involved in like a rural, small town setting where I can deliver people's grandchildren and also take care of the grandparent and just kind of have that like longitudinal connection between people. And I'm also really passionate about working on food insecurity um, and trying to alleviate that by increasing adherence to SNAP, especially in rural communities where people often screen higher for food insecurity, but don't use the same supplemental resources as other areas. So that's what we call like a snap gap that I really am interested in closing. Awesome. Why is a topic like food insecurity so important to discuss within the healthcare realm? Because truly food is medicine and nutrition is medicine. And it's so easy to tell a patient who might have high blood pressure or type 2 diabetes to just eat better. But, you know, what does that look like in their culture? And what access to food do they have? Do they have a grocery store in their neighborhood? Do they have access to transportation? Those are all like the real questions. And like if you're able to address that, you're going to be able to help your patients in such a more in-depth way. For sure. So interesting. 
Okay, so you have shared a bit about your adoption story in the past, including at a reproductive rights rally here on campus. If you're comfortable sharing now, can you talk to us about your story and what it was like to reconnect with your birth mother later on in life? Yeah, definitely. So on um, October 27, 1998, I was dropped off on a doorstep in Newton, Mass. Um, Helene Miller, who is like my savior, found me on her doorstep at like six in the morning after she was going out to get her newspaper. Um, and of course the police were called. It became a large news story because when does something like this ever happen in Newton of all places? <laughs> and basically my, my parents from the other side of it had been on state adoption wait lists for two years and they got the call that morning after seeing me on the news, quite literally, and my mom said like, I want that baby. They just came and picked me up right at Newton Wellesley Hospital. And ever since, because I didn't go through like the whole legal process of getting adopted and the baby safe haven laws hadn't been enacted, I really didn't have the opportunity to go through like the legal means of being able to contact my birth mother or my birth father um, or just any of my birth family in general. So I ended up hiring private investigators in the winter of 2020 and they were able to, using like a 23andMe test kit and using Ancestry, locate um, my birth family through like first cousin connections. And I ended up finding out that my birth mother only lived like 20 minutes from where I currently am now and from my own hometown. So it was interesting to know. And the reality is, it's just knowing the story behind what actually happened on that day really just like fueled my fire for reproductive justice issues. And knowing that she was a 16 year old girl who didn't have any options. And had she tried to go to her doctor and either try to get an abortion or try to go through the legal process of like adopting me through an agency, she really didn't have those options without having to talk to a parent who probably would have kicked her out of the house had she actually found out about this. So it's just so difficult seeing my birth mother being put in a place between like a rock and a hard place where she didn't have any options. And that's what happens when you don't allow people to make the free choices about their own bodies. And you have to make these like harrowing, harrowing decisions that you should never have to make. And the reality is like I've never held any malice towards my birth mother whatsoever. And there's similar stories that come out all the time about things like this. And like we look, there was just another baby abandoned in Springfield a couple of weeks ago. And so many people are quick to jump on the mother and blame them for their actions. But the reality is, it's just we have a system that is not built for taking care of people who are pregnant <laughs> and for people who want the options to not be pregnant anymore. And it's so difficult to make that decision to even drop a baby off at a fire station or a hospital, but at least people have that option now. But regardless, it's just a reflection on the sad social determinants of health issues that we have in this country. Yeah, thank you for sharing that story. Do you think your life experience and passion for reproductive health might influence what you want your career to look like? Definitely. So when I first came in, I was actually very interested in OBGYN. I thought that like with all my reproductive justice, kind of rah-rah, that would be the place where I would initially find my calling. But in all honesty, I think that I really loved the longitudinal aspect of family medicine and you can still perform abortions. You honestly might be the person who's performing more abortions because you're going into a primary care office where people feel comfortable going into you. And even though I'm really hoping that in my third year I'm able to rotate and do a clerkship at the local Planned Parenthood in Worcester, that's not always accessible to people, but going to their primary care office really is. So I'm hoping that that can be my role as a provider in the future. Amazing. Thank you. What are you passionate about outside of the classroom? Um, I really love hiking. That's like part of my trip that's coming up. Um, I'm going to be doing 70 miles of the Appalachian Trail in Georgia. 
um, my first solo backpacking trip, so I've just been stocking up the past few weeks, but I really think that after studying so much for step one and seeing my screen time going up day after day, I really think that the best thing for me at this moment is just to be away from screens, just to connect with nature a little bit and just try to refine who I am after all of the studying at the end of the day. That sounds lovely. And a break is so important. When you are back in the groove, are you involved in any organizations or groups on campus? Yeah, so I'm in, um, I was one of the co-leaders of Rural Health Scholars, which is a Mass AHEC grant funded program. Um, basically, we have a rural scholars uh, aspect and then we also have an urban scholar. So along with my co-leader, Sophie Barlos and I, we planned like these amazing skill sessions in suturing clinics, um, advanced wound care, uh, learning casts and wraps. And then one of my favorite things overall for the entire year is this retreat that we have at Kirby Lacey's farm, um, where we learn all of these like emergency skills um, that you can use in the wilderness, like creating a litter to carry somebody who's injured or learning how to manage someone who's in hyperthermia or hypothermia. And it's really an amazing experience. And then we go camping and we have a lovely time in Kirby's yard for the night with her home cooked meals. Amazing. What a great way to mesh what you enjoy outside of the classroom and be able to sort of integrate it with skills you'll need professionally. Thanks again, Jen, so much for joining us today. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Voices of UMass Chan. We'll see you next time. Follow us at UMass Chan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. On YouTube, find us at UMass Chan Medical School. 